0: Welcome to this week's Chinwag edition of the Sword and Staff. I'm one of your hosts, Josh Robinson, and as always, is my co-host. Sketchy Richie. Sketchy Richie. And on today's Chinwag edition, Richie and I are planning on reviewing the Vanity Fair article that got released yesterday on Amazon's Lord of the Rings, uh, the Rings of Power. um, Yep. The internet was nuts yesterday. Absolutely crazy. And it's still yet nuts today yep. <laughs> over over this article and the photos that were released. And we may get into some other things we had originally planned on it. Um, we'll see whether we do or not. No, I don't uh, think we'll make it. We might end up having uh, those topics on a separate conversation sometime. And so we'll see where we get yep. with that. But we've got a lot to talk about today. And at this point, our podcast has basically become a Lord of the Rings <laughs> podcast. I
1: mean... Tell me where the lie
0: is. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, also, I'm wearing a fedora today, which I don't he think. He is. I feel like that after I released my fiction story, I now have the right to wear a fedora. You do, <laughs> <laughs> For those of you guys who picked up uh, my short story on Amazon, thank you guys so much. Uh, yeah. Still yet, I I feel like that I'm just as shocked as anybody that people like showed well, up. Oh, they for it. showed up in a big way. Yeah, yeah it showed. It, it actually hit. For those of you guys who don't know, I wrote a fictional story. Uh, we were originally going to release it as an audio uh, version, as a narrated version, uh, back during Halloween. Yeah, for Halloween. I decided not to do it because I'm not primarily a writer, <laughs> and yeah. so I finished the story and just kind of kept it back, and then eventually i was like you know what i'll just release it to patrons and we'll see what comes of it yep. and then i released it to patrons they read it and they really really enjoyed it and so i was like okay well you know maybe all right well maybe it's better than i thought that it was and so then i released something i've been
1: telling <laughs> him for like legit months
0: <laughs> so so i released it on amazon and yep. it hit number 1 in two categories which is ridiculous to me. Like, it hit number one in religious short stories. It hit number one in um, teens and young adults fiction. uh, fiction. And then it hit number two in religious bestsellers for short stories. I I passed C.S. Lewis's Dark Tower and was right behind Friedrich Nietzsche's Beyond Good and Evil which is weird because I was just talking about Nietzsche in the yep. last podcast that we did on The Lover Archetype. So really just weird to me. <laughs> um, but I just want to say thank you guys so much for showing up and for supporting it. And I'm planning on writing more whenever I get time. My uh, my time is a lot different now than it was whenever oh, I originally yeah. wrote yeah. the story. I had a lot more time on my hands then. Um, I have less time on my hands now. But the goal is to write a series series of books um that that fits into the shadow appalachia uh universe that i've created and who knows maybe from there maybe i'll write a whole fiction story someday a big fiction story like a whole like lord of the rings i'm (laughs)
1: absolutely here for it
0: um so maybe maybe that'll come maybe that'll happen one day after i get my feet a little bit uh I dip my toes a little deeper into the water. Or
1: maybe that's a, a patron-exclusive thing. Oh, Help build the world. and Maybe.
0: Yep. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, maybe it could be something that we could include patrons on. Like a uh, group project. Yeah, like yeah. a group project. Yeah, something like that may be cool. Anyway, if you guys are down for that, let us know. We'll see what happens with that. That's probably a good segue into today's topic. Into the chaos. Into the chaos. Um, With the Vanity Fair article that was released yesterday. With some exclusive first look photos of the set and characters in costume and uh, basically confirms exactly what we said. We were spot on for the most part with our review that we did in the last Chinwag whenever we actually reviewed the, the promotional posters.
1: Was it a Chinwag? Or there was a. was a, a Patreon
0: exclusive. Yeah. yeah, got it confused. But we were we were spot on on yeah. that.
1: Um, also, for a lot of people, they probably didn't even get a chance to listen to that last episode. Yeah. So.
0: Maybe maybe now that it's it's out and it's been listened to, maybe we'll release that yeah. into the wild and 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 uh, let people check turn that it out. Loose. Yeah, turn it loose since we've uh, everybody's listened to it. But um, yeah, we were basically right, pretty much spot on. We you know we were checking them out. We. We're saying, hey, this person's a dwarf. This person, this other person, feels like possibly a female dwarf. Um, this person's an elf. That's elvish armor. Like we yep. we nailed all that, and this showed that we were right. And so, let's talk about the good before we get into the chaos. <laughs> maybe we'll get into the bad. Then maybe we'll get into the chaos because huh. I think those are almost two separate things at this point. Yeah. Um, but let's keep, <clears throat> let's start with the good, Richie. Right. What did you like? About this uh, this article and the photos that were in it,
1: I was really blown away by the attention to detail, like some of the the pictures and scenes. Like the one that blew me away the most was the elaborate set of the the ocean, the stormy sea, where they're filming. I, it's Galadriel and um, what's the guy's name?
0: Um, Halbrand. Yeah, or Halbrand. I one mean or the other.
1: I was just floored. I mean, that's a movie set. I mean, you look, and it looks like they're literally...
0: It reminds me of Titanic.
1: Yeah, like they're in the ocean somewhere. Yeah, And then off you can see in the corner the directors and things the down the pool there. But, yeah, it's it, just the overall attention to detail, the effort that's put into it, I'm impressed with the production.
0: Yeah, and it kind of gives a little bit of commentary on that photo at the beginning of the Vanity Fair article. <laughs> but it says this. It says... uh. Galadriel's world is a raging sea. Far from the wise, ethereal, elven queen that Kate Blanchett brought to Peter Jackson's acclaimed yep. films, the Galadriel, played by Morfred Clark in Amazon's upcoming series, The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, is thousands of years younger, as angry and brash as she is clever, yep. and certain that evil is looming closer than anyone realizes. By episode two, her warnings set her adrift, literally and figuratively until she's struggling for survival on a raft in the storm-swept sundering seas alongside a mortal castaway named halbrond who is a new character introduced into the show galadriel is fighting for the future halbrond is running from the past their entwined destinies are just two of the stories woven together for a tv series that if it works could be a global phenomenon if it falls short it could become a cautionary tale for anyone to quote J.R.R. Tolkien who delves too greedily and too deep. Yeah, there we go. I've got a theory about this picture in some ways. I don't know if it's true. I guess we'll... Well, first of all,
1: I was... I mean, if you've you've heard us talking about uh, Tolkien before in this new show, I was extremely upset about Kate Blanchett not being Galadriel in this show. After seeing this new Galadriel... Yeah i I've dropped that position.
0: Oh, okay. Yep. So we're we're taking that one back. Yep. Yeah. So what is it about it? I mean, she just uh, to me, she feels like Galadriel. Like yep. she has that vibe.
1: Now yep. she, she <clears> doesn't a young Galadriel, especially. Yeah. Yep.
0: Now she doesn't look like Kate Blanchett, but she she it feels like Galadriel yep. to me. When uh, you
1: read the Silmarillion, when you read the early tales, you, you see Galadriel as rebellious and uh, like this warrior sort of shield maiden almost sort of archetype. And a lot different, a lot more uh, wild than she's portrayed as by Kate Blanchett in The Lord of the Rings.
0: Yeah, I have a theory about this picture of the st- the Sundering Sea. Um, at the so we know that this film or not this film, but the series is set in the Second Age in Middle Earth. Yep. and um, in the First Age, um, there is uh, Morgoth is is vanquished. He's defeated. Um, at least in some sense, and um, there is um, it, it takes place in. I'm gonna have to pull my maps up here, and I got the Silmarillion here next to me. Um, the archive of the Nerds <coughs> right here. Right, but uh, you know, a lot of it takes place not just in Numenor and Valinor and you know all that, but also in uh, um, <laughs> uh, Yep. and uh, you know, the way that the first age in uh, the first age ends is that uh, the war that takes place there, the war of wrath, um, it leads to the destruction of uh, Belarion. Yep. and what happens is it's basically destroyed, and then it's flooded, and so you know, there's elves, there's kingdom of elves there, and uh, Dorioth and and some you know other places yep. there. But um, I'm I'm wondering if it's going to be... So since it says this is the first and the second episode, <clears throat> if it's going to be a callback to what happens at the end of the first stage. Kind of like how Peter Jackson's movie starts off with the battle uh, against Sauron, on the Battle of the Ring. It
1: also sort of explains the first image we ever got of the, the trees and the thing. We yeah. even thought that was a flashback scene or a callback scene. Yeah.
0: So I, I'm wondering... If if it's maybe a callback to the first age, like uh, <clears throat> Morgoth's been defeated, uh, Beleriand is being flooded, and there's only parts of Beleriand that's going to be left. Um, now we know that we're going to be in Linden, because yep. we see photos, which we'll talk about that. Yep. Uh, but we see photos of Elrond and Galadriel in meeting in Linden. Uh, so it's right here. Yes. That was El-
1: one of my biggest regrets about uh, the Lord of the Rings. <clears throat> like you briefly see. The Grey Havens, toward, and the and the Return of the King. Yeah, but I would have loved to have seen Linden and more of that sort of explored.
0: Well, here's the photo. Uh, it's it says Elrond and Galadriel are reuni- reunited in the majestic Elven kingdom of Linden. Yeah. So we're for sure gonna get to see more of the uh, Grey Havens looks like, and that dwarven. But so that area is left after uh, Beleriand is uh, flooded the only thing that remains of that are a couple of islands that were mountain ranges that used to be a part of the old mountain ranges in Beleriand. And so, so it's going to be interesting. So I I just wonder if that's a callback to the first, like kind of giving some background, like why we are here, what's, what happened in the, at the end of the first age, what's going on now as we transition into the second age and going on. So if that also means that we're probably not going to get any more goth in this series because he's, He's, uh, or if we
1: do, it's a, a brief flashback. Glimpse. Yeah, yeah
0: black, brief flashback. Mm-hmm. But we're going to primarily be dealing with Sauron, yep. because he's the he is the protagonist in the second age and in the third age. So, um, <coughs> but this uh, the that also means that the version of Sauron that we're going to get get is going to be uh, much different than the one that we got in yep. the third age. He's going to be in the second age. He's depicted
1: TikToks calling it hot Sauron. <laughs> hot Sauron <sour, laughs> confirmed. No, no, yeah, we don't. that's what they're talking about. That's what they're talking all about. all over it.
0: Yeah, so he's depicted kind of like Satan esque in some ways, like yeah. this beautiful, powerful, uh, a beautiful deceiver. Yeah, yeah. A beautiful deceiver. And so that's what we're gonna see, and yeah. that's how you know he lead, leads the you know, um, Al. Uh, I can't remember how to pronounce his name now. The king of Numenor. Um, that's how he leads him astray. Is it Al-Farazon? Al-Farazon that's it, yeah. That's how he leads al astray, as he's very yep. cunning, he's very uh, serpent-like, yep. and he leads him to build a temple dedicated to the worship of Morgoth over uh, and against El Iluvatar, where they make human sacrifices. So, it's going to be really, really interesting. And that leads to the fall of it's Numenor. like master manipulation. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the Sauron we're going to get to see yep. in this. And so I just wonder if that picture... If that's what it is. And it also,
1: could, <clears throat> it plays into the way evil is in real life. I mean, yeah. just the mani- sinister, sort of deceptive, manipulative, manipulative sort of aspect of it. And I can see Tolkien involving that in his writings.
0: I also wonder if it's a, a nod ahead to the fall of Numenor. Yeah. Because we're for sure going to see that in this series. Yep. Like, that's that's pretty much already been confirmed. So, it could be pointing back, but also foreshadowing in the same way. So, yep. I don't know. That's just my <clears throat> theory. So. All right, well, what else did you like about, about this? There was one thing that I liked, and it's down towards the uh, um, I think the middle part of the article. It's a picture of the showrunners. It says showrunners uh, Patrick McKay and J.D. Payne on the New Zealand set of The Rings of Power. Let me see. <clears throat> the thing that I liked about that um, was it addressed... The rumor that's been going around for a long time that this was going to be a Game of Thrones version yeah. of Lord of the Rings. Yep. Yeah. So finally, we can, from the horse's mouth, put that to rest because it says here in the article it says so. Will there be a West uh, Westerosi level of violence and sex in Amazon's Middle Earth? In short, no. McKay says the goal was to make a show for everyone. For kids who are 11, 12, and 13, even though sometimes they might have to pull the blanket up over their eyes if it's a little too scary, we talked about the tone in Tolkien's books. This is the material. Uh, this is material that is sometimes scary and sometimes very intense, sometimes quite political, sometimes quite sophisticated, but it's also heartwarming, life-affirming, op- and optimistic. It's about friendship and it's about brotherhood. And the underdogs overcoming great darkness.
1: I'll tell you what. After that excellent write up, they do me wrong on this, and I'm fighting somebody. <laughs> well,
0: like, if they do, if they do anybody wrong, um, yeah,
1: that's a stab in the back if they mess that up after giving us something like that. Yeah,
0: but you know, it also confirms the uh, the TV fourteen rating, yeah, which we talked about, and I was really happy with. You know, I whenever I saw the TV fourteen rating, I was like. Okay, that's the end of that. There's not going to be any sex, nudity, Game of Thrones type stuff in this. And so. I mean,
1: how do. We heard rumors about uh, nudity being in the sense of elves being sort of mutilated and warped into orcs and things like that. So you think that's still.
0: Um, You know, I I know that they did hire um, a coordinator for that kind of thing. And so I'm thinking that if there is any kind of. Uh, nu- call it nudity um, I, I think that it will be in that sense like perhaps the awakening of the elves. well no that's already happened in the first age, yeah. so we're not going to see the awakening of the elves it'll probably be something like that um, something I think that will be uh, a part of the narrative and not well, necessarily even the, the creation sexual.
1: of the orcs is sort of a, an inverted <clears throat> sort of uh, perversion of the awakening of the elves yeah
0: so I, yeah, I think that if if there is <clears throat> any, like, skin shown, yep. it's going to be like that. It's not going to be sexual in nature. So, But I think that we can put that to bed now. Um, and if not, whew, wow. You know, with the TV-14 rating and what's directly from the showrunner's mouth here, that would be a huge uh, – that would be hugely deceptive. And they would get huge blowback from it. But from, you know, the article, you know, I, I don't think that that's going to happen because, you know, these guys talk about in here – uh, it says we know what it's like. It says Payne and McKay understand the anxiety some feel about the show. Um, it says we know what it's like to be anticipating something and to be terrified that it won't be what you hope. We've been those guys many times over, and so they understand that there's a lot riding yeah. on this, and they feel it themselves. And so I'm I'm happy with that. I think that it confirms what we've been talking about that it wouldn't going to be wasn't going to be. Uh, Tolkien version of Game of Thrones. Yeah. And I think we can put <laughs> that to bed.
1: My concern came from Amazon's history with <clears throat> sort of fantasy shows on their platform. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have their superhero show called The Boys, and it is it is nothing but just nudity, sex, violence, just craziness. And then they have a high fantasy show called Carnival Row that actually Orlando Bloom yeah. plays in. And spoiler, it turns out to be part Fay. Yeah. But it's about fairies and things like that and it's it's absolutely just if if they'd cut out the nudity and the intense focus on the sex stuff, it would be a good story. Yeah. But there was a history of that sort of focus in Amazon productions. So yeah. So that's what I was worried about.
0: Well, I you know, I was even worried that they were going to do uh, a version of this that was going to be a, uh, similar to Will of Time. I was not happy yep. with Will of Time. I
1: saw people comparing uh, the images they're seeing here. They said it looked like a mixture of Will of Time and Narnia, and they were concerned about it.
0: Yeah, I was concerned about that myself. But you know, after with the the uh, the rating and what they say here, I'm less worried about that now than I was. So I think we can probably put those rumors to bed. You know, Jeff Bezos said he wanted the next game of thrones but i think that what he maybe meant by that was not the sex and the gore but yeah. the high level fantasy show and this is it yeah. and so maybe that's uh, you know i'm am t- being charitable here with that and so i'm i'm hoping that's what he meant and apparently in this article in vanity fair
1: it, i mean just look at return of the king the return of the king is one of of three movies tied for the most academy awards Mm -hmm. one of any of any sort of movie and i think that's what he's trying to play on and he wants a sort of a taste of that level of fame
0: i think so and we actually learn in the vanity fair article i have to find it here but there's actually a section here that talks about how uh jeff bezos it says um he's actually a huge uh tolkien fan which i would have not really guessed that could (laughs) have Yeah. shock
1: the socks off me. Yeah, like,
0: I would have never, I would have never imagined that. Um, but it's in here. It's in the Vanity Fair article, and so um, that
1: makes me mad almost. Because how how are you a fan of Tolkien and his work, and then allow shows like like Carnival Row mm-hmm. and things that sort of twist and pervert high fantasy on your platforms? I mean, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me.
0: Well, you know the old <clears> saying, <throat> money talks. Yeah, I guess. Uh, so anyway, but you know, so those are some things that I was happy about with this. Um, I thought that that could finally put that to rest and can confirm what we said a couple couple episodes ago. Whenever we were talking yep. about some of this stuff that we didn't think it would be there, so I think that that all but confirms it. Um, anything else in here that you were you were happy about or that you thought was pretty cool?
1: Well, I learned that just from this image of Galadriel, like in her armor and things. Yeah. I learned that I will officially never be able to find a wife, because if this is the standard, oh. boy, I'm going to be single the rest of my life. Oh, man.
0: Yeah. So those of you who don't know, uh, Richie has a, a love obsession, being a single man with Galadriel. That's yep. like the ideal for Richie.
1: I mean, I, I would settle for a good cosplayer. Oh, my gosh. But, I mean, this is this is my conundrum here.
0: Any single ladies? Richie, Richie is get a hold of Richie if you're in the you cosplay. Have to do is show up as Gladriel. That's you've say, got it. yeah, all the cosplaying ladies out there. There'll
1: be they, a, a ring on delivery. You show up as oh, oh, Good lord.
0: <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, okay. Other than that, was there anything else in here that you thought yeah, was good? The
1: this picture here of sort of the production. Yeah, like just the scale. Yeah, of production and the level, the extent that they went to. I mean, in New Zealand, all around the world, sort of building this world. I'm definitely impressed by it.
0: Yeah, it was the same <clears> thing <throat> with the pool, uh, the pool fo- uh, photo with the, yeah. that. That looks like Titanic level to yeah. me. Which just has a bigger budget. Like this has the biggest show budget. As a matter of fact,
1: uh, the Return of the King, where it has eleven Academy Awards, it's tied with Titanic. Yeah. For those same awards. So I it's mean, interesting.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the level here. Yeah. I mean, that's a pool that looks like an ocean. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, so it, it looks like that they've, uh, they've, they've, they've went big. Yeah. Real, real big. Um, you know, also, um, just the backgrounds and the scenery. I mean, some of these places, I mean, like this tree, that feels Middle Earthy yeah. to me.
1: That's what I saw. Like with the picture with young Elrond and, uh, Sort of the Sylvan Elf there at the tree, and a lot of it feels like Middle Earth. Yeah, I was happy about that.
0: Like the Kingdom of Linden. that yep. feels elvish that, to me. Absolutely. Yeah, um, feels elvish to me, and uh, that feels high churchy to me. Even, I mean, look at that. What I mean, Linden? Yeah, or, yeah, I mean, just look at that. Look, there's uh, a, a cross. Craw- yeah. There's like a lit cross over top of them, yep. and it's shining on them. Like, feels very, very. Like.
1: Well, I mean, uh, Linden was the gateway to Valinor, so it, mm-hmm. it makes the sense heaven, that... Heaven. It, yep.
0: Yeah. It feels that way from looking at the picture here. Um, okay. Um, looking here to Oh, see. we got to talk about
1: the the dudes with the antlers on their
0: backs. Yeah, I have no idea what to expect from that. No clue what to expect from that. When another.
1: I seen that, I was just... I was really impressed by that.
0: Yeah, it says uh, Director J.A. Uh, boyena points the way for two nomadic hunters wandering in the fields of Middle-earth. And they look like, like huge moose antlers yeah. or something.
1: I was going to say it looks like they've scalped uh, Thranduil's sort of it does, yeah. moose that he's riding on.
0: Yeah, I saw some uh, some people out there who were like, I wonder if these are blue wizards. Because they do have a, a kind of blue hint to them, but I don't think so. These I,
1: turn out to be the blue <laughs> wizards, and I'm going to flip out.
0: I think that they're long gone at this point. I can't. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at the timeline. There's
1: such a mystery about what even happened to them to begin with. Yeah. Like, some people theorized that they uh, were sort of like secret agents behind the scenes, sort of uh, thwarting Sauron's plans and forces in secret. Or some even said that they were even trying to start uh, black cults of their own with sorcery and things like that. So it would be interesting if they sort of took the liberties to put them in there. but
0: Yeah. I don't
1: think I'm ready to deal with the backlash that comes from that either.
0: Yeah, no, me either. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I think that for the most part, like it looks like Middle Earth to me. Yeah. And there's some things here that I'm really happy about. Um, now let's get in. Oh, also another thing that I'm super happy about here, Owen. Arthur as Prince Durin IV. Let's look at this. Prince of the bustling subterranean realm of Dûm.
1: People, these are the dwarves that we're looking for. Yeah. Look at this guy.
0: This guy, he looks like... Yep. He, he looks legit. He looks he legit. He looks like he's straight out of Peter Jackson. Yep. And I was really, really happy about that. Like, feels... There's continuity there. Feels familiar.
1: Like, he almost looks like a younger version of Balin. That's what I was thinking. Yep. About. Yeah, yep.
0: Great job on that. Yep. All right, so maybe let's get into some worries and some concerns. Um, oh, boy. Then we'll save the controversial. This is where we get canceled. No, no. Oh, no. We're we'll, getting canceled the next part. Okay. We'll, we'll get to the controversial Okay, we'll stuff. get to
1: the cancellation later.
0: Okay. Um, all right, well, what were some things here that you thought were worrisome? Um, number one for me was there is a bolded quote down here at the bottom. Um, let me find it. And it says, let me see here. The driving question behind the production was can we come up with the novel that Tolkien never wrote, and do it as the mega See? event series that could only happen now? Yeah, didn't like that. No, nope. didn't didn't like that. Um, you know, there's enough source material out there. Right, between, it's not like
1: they're lacking at all. I mean, between for goodness sake,
0: the Silmarillion here, right? Uh, between.
1: The, the Unfinished uh, Tales the Silmarillion yeah. I mean The
0: Unfinished Tales the appendices or the append- yeah the appendices to uh, Lord of the Rings they've got that um, they have the rights to that yep. they have the rights to the Silmarillion they have the, the rights to Unfinished Tales if I'm not mistaken too and now you've got some new history released in the History of Middle-earth yep. um I so I I don't want you to create exactly which plays into my concerns with some of the pictures here, there are a lot, the majority of the characters, um, like shown to Like I understand
1: us. in some other productions, you have to take liberties to sort of carry the plot along. Yeah. But there is absolutely no need for it here. Well, the, ma- at all.
0: the majority of the characters that we see in the Vanity Fair article are characters who are non-canonical. And that yep. has, I've got concerns about that. Yep. So we see Elrond, who's canonical. We see Galadriel, who's canonical. Um, we see—I I don't know if Durin mm-hmm. the Fourth is canonical. He could be, depending on how they do it. Yeah. Or this could be a, an entirely different Durin the Fourth, um, depending because you know, um, in dwarvish lore, Durin was the—he was the first, right? Yep. He was the the elder uh, dwarf of the seven. And um, he, you know, he founds Kaza Doom, and then they believe that Durin and the seven kind of dwarvish founders was uh, occasionally reincarnated, right? Yeah. And so, I'm just curious if there's a uh, if there's going to be a Durin the Third who's on the, the throne right now in Kaza Doom, and if uh, Durin the Fourth is his son, because if so, that's not how. Tolkien was doing the Durin lineage. Yep. right. There would could be a Durin the third, and there could <clears> be a Durin the fourth. Yeah, but not at the same time. Not
1: at the same time because yeah.
0: it was a reincarnation of the elder Durin. So maybe canonical, maybe not. I don't know. Think so of
1: almost how sort of the Avatar. Yeah. Sort of. Very, yeah, very similar yeah. to the Avatar.
0: Um. So maybe with that one, but this one right here. Like Galadriel uh, meets in dire circumstances with Halbrand, Hel- not a canonical character. Yep. Okay. Um, then here, um, the Dwarven princess Disa, which I think there's some allusions to a a a, um, a Dwarven uh, possibly princess. Uh, there are no explicitly mentioned Dwarven princesses in the stories, from what I'm a, what I understand. I have heard rumors that. There, perhaps, is a reference to a dwarven um, princess in the nature of Middle-earth. I just got this uh, two weeks ago, so I've not had the chance to read all the way through it yet. So I'll report back on that. Um, we Josh do- is in research real-time. Oh, yeah. I have legit in— uh, We do have a uh, reference in Tolkien to a dwarven— the only mentioned dwarven female um, named Dis. So her name—the dwarven princess <clears throat> showed here. Her name's Deesa. Deesa, yeah. Right, which sounds like a reference back to Deese. And so Dees, uh she was the daughter of Thrain the second sister of Frerin and Thorin Oakenshield, as well as the mother of Philly and Killy. She was born in the Lonely Mountain. She was exiled with smog, um, or Smaug, however you want to Svelg. say it. My <laughs> wife would correct me. She would say it's not Smaug, it's Smaug. Oh. Um, it says Now uh, they giving you a hard time on that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> she said, Dees is the only dwarf woman ever named by Tolkien in homage to her son's valiant deaths in the Battle of the Five, Five Armies. So, sounds like she's a reference back to... So,
1: Deese is the mother of feeling killing. That's right. And, and sister to Thorin.
0: Right. Which would make her, well, technically... I mean, you see
1: Thorin reference her uh, in the Hobbit movies saying, my sister's sons, when he's yeah. talking to...
0: Right, my sister's sons. Right. Yeah. Um So, technically... If she's the daughter of Thrain, who's the king, she would be a princess, yep. even though it's not explicitly mentioned. So I don't have a problem with creating uh, a princess, but this is a non-canonical character, though, yep. that they're creating. So I don't know how I like that. Yep. You know? Don't Or know making how...
1: a non-canonical character sort of slightly resemble something you find in Tolkien's writings. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. The next one here uh, is the... Si- I
1: mean, are they really going to push it that far and say, okay, yeah, that's Philly and Killy's mother right there? Yeah, if they did... Then that's Thornton's sister.
0: Yeah, they're going to have a lot of explaining to yeah. do if they do that. Um, and I don't think that they're going to... I don't think that's what they're doing. I think this is just a non-canonical character. And I just wonder the intentions behind it. Yeah.
1: If it's some kind of fan service, I think they need to learn from the hornet's nest that was struck with the Tariel. Yes. And leave it alone.
0: Well, so that's uh, more concerns that I have. So we see, okay, the next character that we see that's non canonical is the Sylvan elf Arondir. And he's played by uh, Ismail Cruz Cordova. And it says he is a cr- character who has been created for the series. Okay, so we see the Sylvan Elf, okay? And uh, we also see here that he does have a love, a, a forbidden love interest with another created character. Um, Again, throwback to The Hobbit with Tariel
1: and Keeley.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, with the character Bronwyn, who is the one who's here in the Apothecary, yeah. uh, in the pictures here. There she is. Um, or do
1: they describe her as some kind of healer?
0: Yes, a single mother and healer. And she's seen in her apothecary.
1: A single mother,
0: huh? Yes. Single mother who has been created for the show. And then you have uh, this elf, a sylvan elf. And right here it says uh, Bronwyn uh, with her forbidden <coughs> love, Arandir, in the village of uh, Tir- Tirharad. So... I just don't know how I feel about that. I'll tell
1: you how I feel about that if you want me to, but I don't think you want me to. Well,
0: it just, it, I think that you're right. I think that if you want to know how the fandom feels about this, you need not look further than Tariel and the love triangle between Legolas and Philly or Killy. I can't remember which one. It was Killy. Killy. That was the biggest, the thing that I hated the most about the Hobbit, just creating non-canonical characters to create these love scenarios. Right. And I just don't know how I feel about like it.
1: Like if they wanted
0: to explore
1: a sort of love connection between an elf and a human, I mean, go look at Elrond's parents. Yeah. I mean.
0: Well, right. So Elrond's in here and we see him embracing, um, him and Galadriel embracing here and uh, Um And in the story, we learn that Galadriel is his mother in law. Yeah. He marries Galadriel's yeah. daughter. So that's a story you could have focused on. A canonical right. story. Right. I would have rather saw that yeah. than, than this. Um, you know, another thing that I don't like about it either is it it kind of smacks.
1: No, this picture is something that we didn't talk about. Yeah. But this screams, I want the sort of architecture. Typical version of Aragorn in this story. Yeah, I didn't like, really that's like what it, that. That's what it looks like to me.
0: Yeah, it's a created non-canonical character. Yeah. I didn't really like it. I didn't like the fact that they just put him in a t-shirt. Yeah. It just feels just very, I don't know. I just didn't like it. Um, compared to the others, um, I don't know. Maybe my mind will change when the show happens. Because
1: this guy is the same as this guy, yes, right? Yes, that's the same okay. guy. So that sort of elf human relationship that you see with sort of Aragorn and Arwen and
0: I want to know she's married to Celeborn at this point so why is she out on a raft with this dude I'll see. Th- yep. that they created Yeah, don't know there's, there's some questions here Um, so there's that and another thing that I didn't like about the Sylvan Elf and the Apothecary Lady too was it just it's it's taking something that's rare in Tolkien's work and making it Common, right? Or like like Beren and Luthien, right? Or uh, Aragorn and Arwen, right? Where you have this story of an elf who is going to become mortal.
1: Yeah, but even with Aragorn, it's not so much of a forbidden love because Aragorn has elvish lineage. With I mean, those instances, instances descendants. That, yeah, those instances that Tolkien gives, the the quote unquote human, yeah. has elvish lineage, right? So it's not so far out of the realm there
0: yeah so i i just don't know how i feel about it honestly i've got concerns um you got any more concerns here that you want to voice before we get into the controversial all right so let's talk about the controversial stuff now okay um so i have some concerns with some of this that um some of the the casting is being done for the sake of pushing a sort of agenda, politically yep. correct, that kind of thing. Uh, I'm sure that the this, the casting, I'm sure that the people playing <clears throat> these parts in the cast are great people. Um, but in terms of narrative, some of these just don't make sense. Right. Like some of these, like, so for example, the Sylvan Elf is not canonical. The Dwarven Princess is not canonical um so why are we creating these characters uh, for the sake uh, and there's a statement obviously being made in terms of race and it's
1: definitely not a lack of content i mean it's not
0: no it's not um it it appears to me that it's to make a racial statement and listen uh, i people there are people out there who are legitimately upset to see people of color in Tolkien's in, in this world, uh, I'm I, yeah. I I don't care about that. Yeah. I, I, great, that's fine. Yeah. Um, I have no problem with that. But I do have a problem with it if we're going to use it for political pandering, right? And and use it to to make political statements. Right. I have a problem with that.
1: Creating a character just to introduce an agenda, right? And not
0: only not only that, but it's an a, a, an agenda that Tolkien himself would not support. It's right. co-opt... It, I have a concern. I'm not saying this is what's happening. But I have a concern that perhaps some of these roles that are created are for the sake of co-opting Tolkien's story to push an agenda that he himself would not push. Right. And I guess that's how I'll say it. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Um, now, there's some controversial things here that need to be addressed, though. I think that when as I, I look at uh, Tolkien, Lord of the Rings fandom, there are... Uh, there are problems within the group. There are people on both sides of this. There are people who are on one side who are super woke, who want to inject in uh, their woke agenda into the Lord of the Rings. It's there. I mean, you don't have to look any further than the Tolkien Society. I mean, the past, maybe, uh, I don't want to say it was the past year. It might have been in 2020 now. All these past couple of years are, it's a blur. Um, But in the past couple of years, you know, they had, uh, you know, this was, Tolkien Society was once um, oversaw by members of Tolkien's family. And they had, you know, LGBTQ stuff, uh, how that's in the world, you know, and, yeah. you know, wokeness. And, you know, they, they were literally teaching classes on this stuff, like yeah. a, within the past year or so, um, trying to subvert his work. So that's, that's there. You don't have to look any further than the Tolkien Society. On the other side, I think that there are people out there who truly are a racist yep. and who want to use Tolkien in that way too. Um, so, um, so for example, you know some of the outcry um, that you saw in the controversy in the past day were people who were just genuinely upset that there were people of color in it. Yeah, they just, and, and and the main reason why is because they're saying that Tolkien's work is Eurocentric. So it does not make sense to put people who are not Eurocentric into uh, this story. And here's the thing. I I don't care as long as it makes sense, right? I don't care as long as it makes sense. Um, but I I don't want to see it either way Uh, um, I don't have a problem with seeing people who are people of color in, but at the same time I don't want them to see to create special non-canonical characters that does not make sense in terms of the narrative the lore the the history of the characters right Um, to make political statements I don't want to see that either and so um, so I'm kind of like right here in in the middle and I think this is where we need to be with this um, and I think that's where Tolkien would be with with this too. Um, but yeah, I have major concerns over that. And I think that there are problems, there are controversies, and I think that the way that the world is right now, um, oh, it's just, uh, it's, I could see this causing huge, huge backlash. It's
1: definitely a pandering to the, those issues today.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that without a doubt, there's pandering going on here. Um, Hard to argue otherwise. Yeah. Um, but um, my big concern right now is that, um, is that, that it's this show is going to be used for pandering. And if so, the backlash is going to be huge. And not only is it going to be huge, it's going to, here's why it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge because it's going to be the people who are in the middle, like us, who genuinely don't care if there are people of color in The Lord of the Rings, but who just want to see it done right. Yep. Yeah but then you're also going to get the people on the other side who do have an agenda as well on the other side who are, who is going to, who are going to backlash. And then that's going to give everybody (laughs) the opportunity to say everybody's racist. (laughs) So um, I'm concerned all around Um, who knew that Tolkien and Lord of the Rings could get so political, but uh, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Um, So I'll say this. I think that my hopes are that it's, that these things aren't going on and that, um, you know, and that there's going to be genuine attempts to preserve Tolkien's story and maybe some of these characters that have been created are non-canonical. I mean,
1: at best, mm-hmm. maybe it's a fan service and sort of they're just hints at things that are suggested in Tolkien's work like Deese. So, yeah, I maybe. Mean, like Toriel was. I mean, she was sort of a fan service yeah, character, but – yeah, at best, it's something like that—a situation.
0: Maybe uh, that's uh, you know, and I'm not a fan of that. I, yeah. I don't think that I that's going to work. i not a fan of that either. But I hope that the, it's 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 something like that and not more. But um, you know, it it's just hard to think that it's not more. No, it's point.
1: hard to think of what other reason they would need to invent a, a character, a plot device like this if it wasn't for an agenda. Yeah. Because I mean, you have a wealth. Of lore, of his work, to go off of. So it's not like these characters were needed to sort of push the plot along.
0: Well, I'm hoping that these characters aren't here to subvert either. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you know, like uh, the elven, the the sylvan elf, um, like we're going to like bring, like, so for example, in Tolkien's lore, there's a hierarchy in the elves. I mean, the sylvan elves are the lowest in the hierarchy, and then you've got Ariel
1: was a sylvan elf. Yeah,
0: she was a sylvan elf. And that's the reason why a lot of the behavior that, you know, from Thranduil and you know, that's why he acts the way that he acts with her. Yep. Um because there is a hierarchy here. And then, you know, above that hierarchy, even uh, you know, with say the Thranduil and the wood elves or the, you know, there's Sindarin, I believe. Um I can not I, I don't have to look. But you have the 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 other the higher ones like uh, Galadriel. Yep. the right? door. Yeah. Right. So and what I'm hoping here is that we're not going to create Sylvan elves who are people of color to egalitarianize yep. the hierarchy in the yep. elves. Um, I'm really hoping that's not what we're going to do here. Um, and maybe we won't. Maybe we won't. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's nothing else than other than diversifying. Well, I mean, or you
1: almost had that with Tariel, because. Legolas uh, in the in the Hobbit was yes. shown to have a very strong love interest in Tario. Well, he
0: had a very strong love interest and then there were times where they also m- used her to kind of almost like in Lord of the Rings the original trilogy, he's and he's made to look like almost invincible. Yep. And then there's other times in uh the Hobbit where she's like saving his hide. Yeah. You know.
1: Like in using uh her to pl- to pin, pit him against his father. Right. Like you see, uh, Tar- uh him saying, well, if Tariel's not welcome in-, in the kingdom, then
0: I'm not, I'm yeah. not either. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm really hoping that they just don't use these characters to subvert the canonical characters in the storyline. Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly. what, that's what I'm kind of concerned about, but who knows? <clears throat> but I know this, we're getting, uh, we're going to get a trailer on Sunday.
1: Josh called it,
0: called it on the Super yes, Bowl. He did. Um, well, if I was going to put out a trailer, then that's that's where I would put it out. Everybody's watching the TV. I mean, if
1: you've got a billion dollars invested in the first season or two seasons alone, yeah, I mean, you're going to put it out there where the most people are going to watch it.
0: Yeah. And so uh, be looking for that. We should probably be doing uh, an episode reviewing the trailer. Um, I would be shocked if I'm not trying to drag Josh down here. Literally
1: Super Bowl night. To do an emergency episode on that, maybe we
0: just get on Zoom and we we just do a live video, like live reaction. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, I think that that's where we're at with it. We'll yeah. you, we'll do a an episode where we talk about. Like I said, this podcast has basically become a Tolkien podcast at this point. Yeah, and uh, so we're we're coming in. We're not quite at an hour, but we're almost at an Sword hour. and
1: stuff has seasons, and right now it's that's right. very Middle
0: Earth. Yeah, right. We have seasons, and you know when we hit close to Halloween, we're focused on paranormal stuff and yeah. weird stuff. And right now, when uh, Lord of the Rings is on the cusp of releasing new things, yeah. we're talking about Lord of the Rings. Still so.
1: got a lot of paranormal stuff in the running, in the line coming yeah. up. Well,
0: that's how these chinwags work too. Yeah. It's it's uh, literally us talking about the things that are interesting us right now. And in this season, this is what's interesting us. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, we've got some more, uh, topics coming. We were actually going to have a conversation. Yeah, we were
1: going to talk about, uh, demonic Artis- possession, artificial intelligence and in the paranormal and what I was calling divine simulation. So, I mean, I mean, just Josh's look on his face, me just saying the title of the divine simulation, there. the divine simulation. <laughs> so uh, we're talking about simulation theory, quantum physics, things like that. So it was about to get heavy, but Lord of the Rings just took precedence today. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so this this is coming in around uh, close to an hour. So yep. before we sign off, is there anything else you want to you want to say? There's a lot Any, I want to say. Anything good? Anything bad? Anything you want to leave people with, or is that enough?
1: No, I think I'll just get in trouble. Okay, well, I think. Yeah, I
0: know everybody's saying let us sketchy Richie loose, y'all. I and, promise and, you all. And I promise you, and we, cool. we've had to cut out a whole section yo, of this yo, podcast already. We've had to already. cut out a
1: whole section because. Sketchy Richie got let loose, uh, but
0: and then we just got super sketch from there. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's not a good idea to let Sketchy Richie lose. No. Cause, so anyway, but uh, yeah, I, I think that's probably pretty solid across yeah. the board. Like it, it's uh, there were good things, there were bad things, and then there were controversial things that needed to be talked about too. And, you know, kind of where we're at on that. Yeah.
1: So, so the main concerns is. The agendas being like even with Elrond saying he's a a very political figure. So I see politics, race, and sort of social justice issues and things like that sort of being injected into these characters, maybe. But those those are my concerns.
0: Yeah, those are my concerns too. And I know that that's the concerns of others. Yeah. Like people who are. um, Well, even that
1: article I shared earlier that's not Vanity Fair, they were talking about they were calling Tolkien's stories a very dated and problematic storyline yeah so adapting these stories for a modern audience
0: right it, you know it's that's that's what i'm concerned about is it's subverting tolkien yep. stories and i promise you that if there's one fan base that you're not going to be Absolutely. able to do it, it's this you're one. not going to get away with you're it. not you going to get not. away with this one um you might you might pull that on will of time and I'm not saying that there's not a Will of Time fan base out there. There is, but it's not anything like, right. the, to, like the Lord of the Rings fan base. Um, most people out there, like, they've never... I mean, they've you're going to
1: never... hear the, the horn of Rohan, and then you're going to see us all, like, gallop into war. I yeah. mean, I'm telling you. Uh,
0: Robert Jordan's Will of Time series, I mean, up until Amazon did the, their series, yep. there was nothing like that out there. And his series is huge. I mean, as big as, as Tolkien's, you know, uh, work is a lot most of it's post you know post-humanist um robert jordan his i mean it's ridiculous how big the will of time series is i mean so a lot of people just don't have that kind of time to invest in will of time and so um so you know whenever amazon done it they they subverted a lot of the things that were in it and so i'm just really hoping that that doesn't happen here because i promise like if there is one fan base who will call it out it is this fan base And it's podcasts like ours, and then I, you know, I've already listened to several others who've talked about some of the things we've talked about here today, who are also concerned. And it just across I mean, the board. I mean,
1: even from a business standpoint, it makes no sense to tick off the fan base. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to put a billion dollars into the first season, well, do you I'm really hoping, want that people to protesting and for that to flop. I'm I mean,
0: hoping, you know, I'm hoping that a lot of this stuff is fan service, and I'm hoping that um, what the the showrunner said rings true that they they know the pressure they feel the pressure they understand the the fan base they know that this is a very particular people that they're they're doing and so i'm hoping that they honor that i think
1: fan service is just a problem with any sort of fan base i mean when somebody tries to do fan service it's just no leave it alone
0: yeah i so i don't know i guess we'll see and i so but until then like these concerns they They just may be concerns. It may... I mean, we're trying to draw conclusions just off of pictures and and stills of scenes that we've seen. And who knows? Um, Once we see a trailer, maybe those concerns go away. Maybe they're increased. Um, But even then, we're still yet going to have to watch the show and get through the whole first season to at least put together some sort of narrative to oh, see. Oh, I'm what's sure going.
1: I'll be falling apart even before the
0: trailer gets here. So Yeah. So we're only a few days away from the trailer. Yep. So that's gonna be big. Yep. Really, really big in helping us draw some more conclusions. But um but hopefully like I said, hopefully these are just concerns and that they're nothing more than that. So and hopefully it's excellent, and everybody loves it, and it unites the the fan base, and it unites people in a way that they've not been united in no. a long time. But I just they I, say I, the whew.
1: goal is Tolkien is for everyone, so yeah. so hopefully yeah,
0: so hopefully that's what happens. But uh, we'll see, I guess. Artistically,
1: so. production wise, I mean, it's on point. Yeah, and you have Howard Shore, I guess, coming back to do the music for it.
0: Hey, at the very least guys, if you're not happy with this story, then we can just write a community story together. Yeah. Uh, sword and staff project. There it is. Sword and staff project. So there, there you go. We'll write our own version of the rings of power. There we go. Yeah. So we can, we can do something like that for those who are interested. So, all right. Well, we attempted to sign off once (laughs) we didn't do it. it. We're going to sign off now. And so thank you guys so much for listening. Hey, let us know what you think. Um, Comment on Instagram, drop comments on Instagram, drop comments on Facebook, um, uh, Patreon, wherever you're listening on right now. Uh, let us know what you think. Let you let us know if you these are concerns that you have. Maybe there are things you're not concerned about, so let us know why. Maybe you have different concerns than right, we yeah. have. Maybe there were things that we missed. Let us know. Also, make sure to give this podcast a... Honest five star review. Whenever you do that, it helps people to find us on podcasting platforms, helps with our search engine optimization and all those types of things. And so we really appreciate it whenever you do that. Also, if you want more content, bonus content, which we released in a bonus episode on uh, Lord of the Rings here recently, we just now we talked about that at the beginning of yeah. the episode.
1: And as time frees up, we'll be releasing. More things exclusively to Patreon. Yeah,
0: so if you want that, you need to head on over to our Patreon. It's www.patreon.com/sword and staff order. You get the sword and staff uncut for just $5 a month. You get episodes sooner. Not only do you get them sooner, but you also get exclusive content like we were talking about earlier. And like I said, whenever we get some more time and we get things going, We're going to be releasing more content and uh, perhaps starting the Sword and Staff community story. There we go. So, uh, all right. Well, guys, hey, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. See you then. See you.